Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ling. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Hi, I'm Shining, and welcome to the Square Apple Show. This is the first of a series of related podcasts on the topic of change management, which is my favourite topic of all times. I'm going to explain change management so simply that I'm quite sure that after you listen to this podcast, you can explain the concept to your grandmother or any elderly around your neighbourhood that cares to listen to you talk about it. Okay, let's begin. Let me first start with a story. A couple of years back, a friend who teaches um, a master's course in a university invited me to share about managing change in technology projects. At the start, when I introduced myself and what I do, I heard someone giggled and there was a smirk across this person's face. So I asked him what he was amused with, just in case there was something on my face that I wasn't aware of. He chose to keep quiet, so I made a guess. Is it because you think change management is all fluff? He looked embarrassed and then nodded his head. And he said, My boss says he thinks change management is fluff. I'm not sure whether it's really that his boss said so or whether he also agrees with it, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Because many other people that I've met actually think the same as him. You know, change management is one of those things that everybody thinks they know and have an opinion about. Why not? After all, Change is the only constant in our lives and everybody has some experience in managing change. Say one day in the distant future, my husband decides to quit his job to start a business. This means he potentially will have no income in the beginning and he will need to let us rely on our savings. It will also mean that we need to adjust our lifestyle to cut back on our expenses and it may mean no holiday for some time until his business gets on track. So he does change management on his family, especially me, his wife, by giving me heads up and repeatedly talking and discussing about it. You know, research has shown that if you are familiar with a topic or subject, um, actually it results in a higher chance of acceptance. Yes, what he's doing is one facet of change management, which is managing resistance. It doesn't mean that if you know how to do one part, then you know everything. It's just like the blind man touching the elephant. You touch the tail, you think it's the elephant. You touch the big ears, you think it's the elephant, but it's not like that. Or when you have successfully climbed Bukit Timah Hill and you think you can climb Mount Kinabalu with the same set of techniques, equipment, stamina, you know what will happen, right? So when we bring up the label of change management, everybody thinks that they are 
very good at it because they have practiced it at some point in time in their lives. But imagine if you extracted the definition of change management out uh, and lay them side by side on the table. It would all be very different. And the danger is that if you use an outdated map to topo in a terrain that needs other change management skills and tools, then there will be a big problem. So in my podcast series, I would like to explain change management very simply so that whoever listens to the podcast and those whom I request that they listen, like my course participants, will have a clearer understanding of what change management really is. But this is a very big topic. So I'll be talking about it over a few episodes of which this will be the first. To understand what change management is about, we have to start with what change is all about. The context of change I'm talking about is change happening in organizations, but many of the principles can also be applied to us as individuals. In an organizational change, there is a current state and there's a future state. So let's call current state point A and the future state point B. Imagine point A and B are magnets and they have the ability to attract or repel the stakeholders involved. Of course, logically over time, we want stakeholders to be attracted more to magnet B. Let's look at two factors that influence how attractive the magnets are to the individuals involved. The first factor is what we call the perceived value of the respective points. People will be attracted to the point which they believe would mean a better outcome for them, whether as individuals, for their teams, and for the organization as a whole. The second factor is the individual's perception of whether they have the ability to change. Can I do it? I'm using ability here really quite loosely, but it really refers to whether the individual thinks that he has the required skills, knowledge, resources, and information to change. Simplistically speaking, if you want to attract people to point B, the organization need to increase the strength of the magnet by first ensuring the people perceive the change to be of value and secondly, they have the ability to change. Of course, conversely, you can decrease the strength of magnet A by showing how the value is relatively lower compared to point B. I'm using the word you also quite loosely here, to represent senior management or the organization as a whole. So how can you increase the perceived value? There are three ways. Tell, show, and involve. Of course, you can begin by giving people information about why the change is necessary. How would it benefit the individual, the team, and the organization? This is the most basic and fundamental way of um, communicating the the nature and value of change. Research has shown that such information that explains the why is best given by the senior leaders of the organisation and the how would be most effective when communicated by the direct supervisors. Communication by people who are respected and carry weight will increase the attractiveness much more effectively. So the magnet needs to first suck in more senior and respected people to gain even more strength. 
it becomes more real. Secondly, when you show people how the value actually manifests. Maybe someone within the organization or someone out of the organization um, in the industry or outside the industry has already done it. Or it can be success demonstrated by a pilot project, role modeling by a senior leader, or even by um, the immediate supervisor. The result speaks for itself. Research also has shown that people are motivated less by the outcome, but more by signs of progress. Finally, involve. Involve stakeholders in shaping point B. Studies have shown that people are attracted to things that they recognize and are familiar with. And therefore, point B need not be static. The more you involve stakeholders to shape the new state, the more point B will reflect their needs. Every one of us as individuals have our unique motivations. These motivations sustain us to continue putting our best foot forward. If there is alignment in the organizational and individual objectives, then it is like adding fuel to the speed of change. If there is misalignment, then of course it's the opposite. We'll talk more about motivations in another episode. So what about increasing the ability of individuals to undertake the change? Let me first explain a little bit more on what I mean by ability. So based on research, ability refers to task knowledge and resource availability. Let me explain. Task knowledge means that people know what is needed to implement the change. They know what is the timeline to implement the change. They know how much effort and they know what everybody needs to do. Resource availability means that people believe that they have what is required, whether it's in a form of time, money, expertise, equipment, etc. to undertake the change. An ability can be around the specific context to the, of the change. For example, if we want to implement some digital transformation, then the specific ability would be competencies to navigate large-scale transformation or various technical skills or the budget to fund the initiative. But the second category is the general ability to lead, drive and navigate change. At the individual level, it will be skills to encourage creativity, adaptability, openness to change, um, agility, all the 21st century skills that is required for us to thrive in the workplace. At the organizational level, ability to change would translate to structured way to respond to change in the form of maybe standard methodologies and change governance. So now we have understood what are the levers to increase the likelihood that a change will be successful? Some of you may be thinking, yeah, it's all quite intuitive. Value and ability, yeah, that's, that's okay. That sounds good. But how do I know when to do what? Surely there must be a system around where lever, what levers to pull under what circumstances and at what phases of the change and on who. Yes, of course. And that's change management. In the simplest layman language, change management is to make the strength of Magnet B stronger and Magnet A weaker in a systematic way. 
it is the methodical maneuvering of the value and ability levers using concepts from multiple domain areas so that the process of the change will be smooth and the outcomes of the change will be achieved. It means that people will be functioning and performing in a new state as expected. Furthermore, the ability for these people to function and perform in a new state must be sustainable in the long run. If they revert to their old ways of doing things, then the change is not entirely successful. This would hopefully translate to the entire organization being able to operate better than when they were at point B. So, change management is pretty much like laying the nine-colored nonya kue, uh, which we also know as gao zhang kue, that I used to love when I was a child. The process of creating the kue is to pour the liquid of different colors layer by layer, then steam it for five minutes, let it solidify, and then pour another layer. The process cannot be rushed. Otherwise, you'll probably get a kue of unicorn colors, which is likely not what you want to set out to achieve in the beginning. So, in the next episode, I will share with you what are the building blocks in a change management process, which should be followed sequentially if you want your change to look like a well-done, successfully steamed nonya kue. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly forward slash square apple. That's bit.ly forward slash S-Q-U-A-R-E-A-P-P-L-E. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.